Hello and welcome to Babe Cave. I am Amanda Pollock, and this is the comeback episode and the start of season three. So a couple of things before we begin. First of all, it's so good to be back. And you will notice it's not Tuesday. Uh, yeah, basically, I just changed my date because I, there are a lot of things that come out on Tuesdays, a lot of podcasts, a lot of email <laughs> newsletters. Uh, and honestly, I was just like, I just want to do something different. I don't want to be like everybody else. Hi, I'm an Enneagram 4. So Mondays, be tuning in uh, and maybe we'll change it. Maybe we won't, but for now, uh, I'll be here on Mondays. So season three, uh, it was officially two years ago that the first episode came out. I can't honestly believe it a little bit. I still remember doing that first episode. I edited it so many times. It was ridiculous. And then you just have to let it go. And I'm so excited about uh, a lot of things that I've been planning for this season. So let's get into it. Uh, We left off season two with the Are We There Yet episode. And also, side note, that episode, the streams on it are ridiculous. So I'm listening to you and I'm like, okay, so this in-between stuff kind of works really well. But then I was thinking about what if you've done stuff? You've had a little bit of success and that's a little bit of what the Are We There Yet episode talked about. If you haven't listened to it, go on back into season two. And what if though you've done something and then you have a setback and it doesn't go as well as you thought, maybe it really does kind of hurt you. I'm going to I'll give the example of the 2019 NBA championship. (laughs) If you've been listening to me at all, you know that I'm from Northern California. I grew up a Warriors fan. Uh, Not going to lie, I am not as dedicated as (laughs) my dad or my brother, but I still know my ish and I can talk shit to anyone who wants to try and talk some shit to me, but... So the Warriors had a a rough season. They had a rough season. Kevin Durant hurt himself. Uh, He's always getting hurt. Uh, Just kind of plagued with injuries, a lot of setbacks where you might have thought that, you know, they wouldn't even make it to the championship. And there were a few games, especially in the playoffs, where I was like, I don't know. We'll see how this goes. Uh, But they are a comeback team. They are a third fourth quarter team and uh, quarter period, you can call it whatever you want. Uh, But the thing that really kind of struck me about this championship in particular, where there were a lot of questions about how good the Warriors really were. So there was this idea that uh, it was only because of Kevin Durant that the Warriors had even won two championships with him. It was only because of him that they were able to be this team, that they were able to do X, Y, and Z, and yada, yada, yada. I cannot deny that Kevin Durant is an incredible player, one of the best. However, uh, it's a team sport, and the Warriors did win a championship without him. 
And Kevin Durant needed the Warriors just as much as the Warriors needed him. So it's not it's not like they weren't doing anything and they didn't have three players who they had developed who are some of the greatest players, especially defensively, defensively and offensively. Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green. Uh, but anyway, so there's just kind of this question, right? This It's like this cloud and people all of a sudden just love to hate on the Warriors. So you have this... Uh, you're on top, but you're still having to prove yourself. You're still having to validate yourself, which is really annoying. When you feel that you've done enough work where people can say, okay, with or without this element, maybe it's somebody who's, um, you know, sponsored your brand or your business or something, or maybe you get an endorsement deal uh, on social media or something, or someone makes a mention of you. You know, sometimes even some of those things can kind of uh, taint what you've already been working on. You see these people who, you know, say, oh, they're an overnight success because they were on maybe a television show or someone's podcast or whatever, but they've been doing all of that hard work up until then. You just weren't paying attention. So anyway, uh, and then in the terrible, one of probably the, the saddest games that I've ever watched uh, Kevin Durant, you know, he, he hurts himself. He blows out his Achilles and, uh, then <laughs> it's so sad. Um, and then Clay Thompson, uh, Clay Thompson gets hurt and he is out and there is this picture. And I knew as soon as Steph Curry sat on the court, uh, he just sat as, They were kind of taking clay off and he just has his hands resting on his knees and is just kind of staring off across the court. Um, And I knew that would be a picture that they would use a lot because it was so sad because in that moment, I think we really, (laughs) Warriors fans really realized like we're going to lose this game, this championship, and it is our last game at Oracle Arena. Uh, So then where do you go from there, right? Where do you go? Uh, And... Steph had uh, the best quote, and this is something that I feel that a lot of Warriors fans were feeling and thinking that there's a point where winning doesn't become so much fun because everybody was just talking crap, especially about KD being on the team. And then there was tensions between Kevin Durant and Draymond Green. If you don't know, (laughs) it was just some trash talk and basically... It's reported that Draymond said, like, fine, leave. We don't need you or whatever. I dare you to leave. And, again, that's alleged. I don't know. But from the video of conversations they had off the court um, or, like, on the bench, it looked like that. Anyway, but Steph Curry, after uh, they lost to the Raptors, and, I mean, whatever, Toronto's never going to win another championship because their team disbanded. So that's me just being a little bit salty. Anyway, he said uh, in a a press conference, he said, losing hurts no matter what the situation is. It's kind of how do you respond and how hard you work to try and get back to the stage. Soak up this feeling because obviously we've celebrated, we've had champagne, we've had rings, but this is the more motivating feeling in terms of how do you respond, how do you turn the page to new challenges ahead. And I loved that because there Honestly, there really is nothing more motivating than having a setback, than having something shut in your face, not work, so then you have to figure out new ways 
to make it work for whatever it is that you want to do. Maybe it's a business. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe, you know, you have some financial goals that you're trying to meet and maybe, you know, let's let's just say that you're uh, saving for a house and maybe um, all of a sudden you need to buy a new car and so then that kind of sets you back and maybe something happened with work so that, you know, you're a little bit more financially strapped. So you're like, okay, so how do I make this work so I can get to my next step? Because there will be a comeback. No matter what it is, and it doesn't have to be on like a huge stage, your comeback could be as small as going from, you know, working uh, 40 hours a week, like if you're, you know, you have a full-time job and then adding like some kind of side hustle so that, you know, your, your comeback maybe is for your full development. Maybe you felt distracted by a full-time job that you don't really love. So you're like, no, 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 no. I'm going to show you like all of my passions, all of my dreams, they're still there. I'm going to make this work. So uh, if you have found yourself (laughs) in the need for a comeback, which I think we all do, and sometimes you don't realize it, I would say that there's honestly like three things to do, evaluate, to get yourself on track. And the first thing is to go back to what you know is true. So I'll use myself as an example. I've talked about this number of times. Um, I have been laid off a few, a couple times, um, or my contract has ended, there wasn't enough work, whatever. And so I'm going back, I'm going back to the drawing board. Well, whenever you do something like lose a, not that you do lose a job, you're the one doing the losing the job unless you get fired. Anyway, um, when you lose a job, when you lose or, or a relationship or something, I'll kind of, it's a little universal. I feel like people kind of come in and they want to give you advice because they think that you need it. So when I was laid off last year, uh, I had a lot of well-meaning friends, super well-meaning. And there would be times where I would just vent, right? I would just kind of uh, not necessarily like need a shoulder to cry on, but there's sometimes that you just need to decompress. So you're just, and I was actually just talking about the facts of what had happened and like, okay, well, now I just don't know what I want to do. And people try and fill in the blanks for you. The truth is, is that they can't necessarily fill in the blanks for you. There are exceptions. There are probably some friends or family members who know you so well that maybe they could see, hey, well, maybe this is an opportunity to start your own business or maybe, you know, whatever it is. They can just see those gaps. They can um, kind of call you out to things that you might be blind to. But there is a huge portion of this, a huge portion of this, that you should not be paying attention to what the rest of the world is doing. Like you know yourself better than anyone else. You're aware of your strengths, weaknesses, like that, that innate ability to create, make, be... (laughs) you know, someone who can't be replaced. Like, you know your next step better than anyone else. So if 
you know that you have some work to do on yourself or you have to kind of figure out what your next thing is. It's not that you don't talk to people about it. It's not that you don't filter advice. I want to emphasize filter advice because just because people give you advice doesn't mean you have to take it. You can be gracious. Thank you. But go back to what you know is true. So for me, when when I was laid off last year, I was like, wow, I think that this really means for me, I need to figure out how to be my own boss and what that looks like and what I want it to look like and what I want it to feel like. And then I had to go on my own path. But it was something that was always in the back of my head. I always knew it was true. And I kept trying to make myself fit into a mold for other people. And that never works. So go back to know what you know is true. Maybe there's something that you know uh, that you should be doing, that you need to be doing, but you kind of just keep pushing it off, like starting your own business. So then you just work for other people. And it's not that, and I want to preface this too, is like, I don't have a problem working with other people. I think that I wasn't working with the right people uh, in the way where I could kind of have my ideas just be set free. And that was in multiple jobs. And that's why I became discontent. Like I was not content. Uh, So all of that to say, go back to what you know is true. Your intuition is, uh, is better than you think. And then two, I would say change what's not working. Like there's always places for improvement, especially when you've hit a setback. Uh, And I think that now you'll see, you're able to see those spaces even better. So like what are one or two things that you could tweak, improve upon, you know, so that you're even stronger? Maybe it's saving uh, more of a nest egg or growing your professional network or actively participating in therapy so you overcome, you know, some past trauma. Uh, I mean, there are so many things that it could be. Uh, Maybe it's like (laughs) accelerating your fitness journey. Uh, You know, maybe you had some health problems that that were a setback and then now you're trying to figure out how to uh, get healthy in your way. Uh, but I would say that make it, you know, make it something that you can control. You can't control the outcome, but you can control how you show up. You can change that part of the narrative. So for instance, going back to my warriors example, they're going to readjust. They've made trades. They've added people to the roster. They're probably going to, you know, change. Uh, there's going to be, uh, just team dynamics that are changing, So you can do that to try and ensure a better outcome for the next season. But the truth is is that you don't know. You can't account for injuries or uh, just chemistry, what other teams are doing. So instead of trying to focus on all of that stuff that you can't actually change, pick one or two things that you can honestly control. Like, for instance, if you did have a health setback, You can't necessarily control some of, maybe you can't control some of the things that are happening internally, but there are probably things that you can do. Doctor recommended, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, changing your diet or adding, you know, more exercise or, you know, being on a certain diet, avoiding certain foods. We have more control over our lives than we think. 
I th- when when setbacks come, there is a feeling of powerlessness, and there is a there can be a feeling of hopelessness. So I believe that when you pick one or two things that you can actively show up for every day, they can be top of mind that you'll see that your comeback is going to happen a lot more quickly than you think because you are actively showing up for that and you are claiming responsibility for your life. Because it is so easy to throw it off onto other circumstances, but the truth is, is that we have 100% responsibility over our lives. 100%. And then three, honestly, I would say just let your actions speak for you. Like, I think comebacks are hard because you want to prove something to yourself and to everyone else. And you may talk about it with your your friends of like the positive work that you're doing. Cool. That's awesome. But I would also say just kind of keep your head down for a while and let your progress do the talking. Because in the early stages of any kind of comeback, I feel like that's when people can really mess with your head the most. Like, again, they may be offering some really good advice, but remember number one, like go back to what you know. Because the truth is is that we all know what to do. We just talk ourselves out of it or we let other people talk us into things that we really don't want. I mean, I can, I can think of so many instances where I was trying to do something, change something in my life. And they're, just because people are in your lives doesn't mean, and this is a, a topic <laughs> for another episode, but just because people are in your, are in your lives and they think that uh, they're being helpful, there are people who still don't want to see you succeed. There are people who probably have a negative outlook on life who unknowingly may be discouraging you because in those early stages you're like oh well are you sure because that's like really hard well have you thought about this well you know what if this happens again well you know I told you last time that blah 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 (laughs) I'm sure as I said that you could probably think of like one or two people (laughs) who you have in your life who would probably do that so that's why I think just letting your progress speak for itself letting your work do the talking for you is the best for any kind of comeback because you can say all you want of like, yep, I'm going to do this and I'm, I have this goal and I have this whatever. But sometimes it's so much better for you not to really say anything about anything. And then it just fucking happens. And people are like, wow, I didn't even know that you were doing that. Wow. That's so amazing. Wow. Sometimes being quiet, and that is a hard thing for me, but is, and just doing your work is like the best comeback that you could ever have. So to recap, for your comeback, go back to what you know, number one. Number two, change what's not working and make it a tangible thing that you can actually do and incorporate every day. And then three, Just let your actions speak for themselves. Let your work show up. And then that's uh, the biggest way to shut up any kind of naysayers, competition, etc. We did it. We are back. First episode of season three is done. 
Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, hop on over to amandapollock.com. I have uh, some new content over there that I uh, am also not sharing anywhere else. I'm changing up some things, but still, you can get on my email newsletter uh, because there are things there that I don't share anywhere else. There are, um, you know, from articles or little uh, just tidbits of things that I'm thinking about. I love to send those things, uh, and you all have been responding so well to them. So it's uh, it's energizing me, and I just want to create more stuff for you. So, uh, yes. So thank you so much for tuning in, and I can't wait to be with you next week. <laughs>